Hi everyone and welcome to Truth Over News. Do you ever wonder how all these activist groups that pop up at crucial times, like presidential elections, actually get funded? Soros has long been part of the funding and he rightly gets a lot of coverage for doing so. But as it turns out, he's a bit player compared to our own government. A large part of this funding, like the funding for many of the NGOs that facilitate illegal immigration, comes from the State Department through off-the-books contributions to the UN. Sometimes there's even direct payments from the State Department to the NGOs themselves. There are many other mechanisms as well, many of them in the form of nicely named grants that are actually designed for much darker purposes. But there's also another method of funding, one that was originated by Obama's Attorney General Eric Holder, the direction of DOJ settlement funds to unnamed non-governmental parties. As we'll explain, that practice, known as the DOJ slush fund, was ended in 2017 by Trump's first Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, but now it appears that it's back. A February 13, 2024 letter from House Representative Lance Gooden notes that reports have surfaced suggesting that some Biden DOJ settlements include terms requiring parties to make mandatory donations to certain partisan third-party groups in exchange for reduced fines. These funds have been redirected to third parties, where they should have only been deposited with the Treasury or given to its victims. One recent example is that J.P. Morgan Chase will be directing a majority portion of its settlement in the Epstein scandal to third-party charities. Gooden highlights a CNBC article from September 2023 that detailed a $75 million settlement by J.P. Morgan Chase with the U.S. Virgin Islands, which alleged that J.P. Morgan facilitated and benefited from the sex trafficking of young women by its longtime customer, Jeffrey Epstein. The suit alleged that J.P. Morgan effectively ignored repeated red flags that Epstein was trafficking women to his private island in the territory because it wanted to retain his business and that of his wealthy and powerful friends. You would have needed to be paying close attention, but small details within the article gave away what was really going on in regards to the redeployment of the proceeds. The article noted that J.P. Morgan did not admit any wrongdoing in the settlement, which will give $55 million to Virgin Island Charities and the American Territory's anti-trafficking efforts. A bit more detail was added towards the very bottom of the article, noting that the bank said it will pay millions more to support USVI charitable organizations whose work is aimed at addressing social ills, including fighting human trafficking and other sex crimes, and to support survivors on their paths to healing. It all sounds very noble and humanitarian, but notice what's not mentioned in the disbursement of the funds, Epstein's many victims of his habitual and protected abuse. What's really happening is that large amounts of money are being funneled, sometimes with built-in incentives, to a variety of unnamed organizations and charities that almost always turn out to be fronts for left-wing activist groups. As Gooden's letter notes, the DOJ's requirement for defendants to donate to particular groups identified by the DOJ raises serious concerns of a partisan conflict of interest. The act of redirecting or substituting payments meant for victims and instead requiring donations to friends of the administration appears to be a misuse of power to reward politically aligned special interests. In doing so, the practice robs deserving victims of the compensation to which they would otherwise be entitled. This practice also raises concerns of an unconstitutional encroachment upon Congress's power of the purse. Gooden is 100% right in his assessment. 
and the allocation of money from large settlements by a highly partisan DOJ is very much intended to get around congressional oversight of government funds. Sadly, we can trace this activity back to at least 2012, when Obama's first Attorney General, Eric Holder, created the Residential Mortgage-Backed Securities Working Group, or just simply called Working Group. The Working Group was created within the Justice Department in 2012 as a means of prosecution and punishment for those perceived to be responsible for the financial crisis of 2008, and its effects can be felt to this very day. At its formation, Holder made the following statement. Over the past three years, we have been aggressively investigating the causes of the financial crisis, and we have learned that much of the conduct that led to the crisis was unethical and in many instances extremely reckless. We also have learned that behavior that is unethical or reckless may not necessarily be criminal. When we find evidence of criminal wrongdoing, we bring criminal prosecutions. When we don't, we endeavor to use other tools available to us. Pay special attention to what Holder said at the end. When we find evidence of criminal wrongdoing, we bring criminal prosecutions. When we don't, we endeavor to use other tools available to us. An outright admission by Holder of the use of coercion and pressure by Obama's DOJ in the absence of any crimes to achieve ends and outcomes that they desire. These other tools Holder referenced are usually civil sanctions and charges that generally result in large fines being paid by firms, often without a statement of true wrongdoing, just like what happened in the J.P. Morgan settlement in the Virgin Islands Epstein lawsuit. In the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis, and with the full weight of the DOJ behind it, the working group reached multi-billion dollar settlements with virtually every major bank in America. In total, $110 billion was collected in fines, a huge sum of money. So where did all these funds go? According to a Wall Street Journal report, the money broke down as follows. $49 billion went to the Department of Treasury, some directly, but most funneled to the Treasury through settlements with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Spending of proceeds has not been specified. $45 billion was for consumer relief, a vaguely defined category that includes borrowers, but also includes housing-related community groups. Breakdowns, again, are not fully known. $10 billion went to other recipients, most appear to be federal in nature, which likely means that was cash that could be used by unknown federal agencies for whatever purposes they envisioned. Another $5.3 billion went to states to spend as they wanted. And finally, $450 million went to the Department of Justice. And of course, the discretionary spending of those proceeds was also not specified. The lack of transparency is disturbing, but more disturbing is that funds which ostensibly should have gone back to injured consumers were instead kept as a giant piggy bank for the government. What followed is even more alarming. According to a Congressional Committee report, Stop Settlement Slush Funds Act of 2016, a year-long committee investigation revealed that the DOJ was pushing and even requiring settling defendants to donate money to non-victim third parties. Donations could earn up to double credit against defendants' overall payment obligations, while credit for direct relief to consumers was merely dollar for dollar. What's more, documents show that groups that stood to gain from these mandatory donations actually lobbied the DOJ to include them in settlements. The DOJ funneled third-party groups as much as $880 million in just two years. These payments occurred entirely outside of the Congressional Appropriations and Oversight process, 
What's worse, in some cases, DOJ-mandated donations restored funding that Congress specifically cut. In other words, not only was the DOJ pushing for donations to third parties chosen by the DOJ, and we can't emphasize that point enough, but they were also incentivizing these contributions by providing credit for doing so. At the time, Committee Chairman Bob Goodlatte and Subcommittee Chairman Tom Marino both accused the Justice Department of using settlements to funnel money to activist groups instead of consumers. They also accused the DOJ of getting around congressional spending cuts, writing that, in the most egregious cases, the DOJ is using the mandatory donations to restore funding that Congress specifically cut. In 2011, Congress eliminated $88 million in funding for HUD's housing counseling assistance. The DOJ settlements require $30 million to go specifically to groups in the HUD grant program, so 36% is recouped directly. In addition, some HUD grantees will also be eligible for a portion of the remaining $120 million in mandatory donations, not to mention the $490 million in the tax relief fund. For example, NeighborWorks is an eligible HUD grantee, but will also receive $122 million from B of A's tax fund since Congress extended the non-taxable treatment of loan forgiveness in December 2015. What this really meant was that the DOJ's mandatory donations, negotiated directly in consultation with HUD, were restoring at least $152 million to HUD grantees to replace the $88 million reduction that was mandated by Congress. The committee also noted the Justice Department's stonewalling tactics, writing that the DOJ is ignoring Congress's concerns, increasing the use of third-party payments even as Congress objects. For over a year, the DOJ provided none of the requested internal communications pertaining to the controversial settlement provisions. Rather, the DOJ provided just 60 pages of emails between DOJ and outside parties. Furthermore, because of duplicative email chains, those 60 pages amounted to fewer than 10 distinct emails. The lies from the DOJ continued when they claimed in September 2015 not to have understood that internal communications were sought, despite unambiguous language in committee letters and in hearing questions. Finally, on March 18, 2016, 15 months after the initial request, the DOJ relented and agreed to let the committee review the internal documents, but only at the DOJ, and subject to restrictions on releasing the document's contents. The internal documents confirmed that the DOJ conceived of the mandatory donation provisions. After another nine months of further investigation, Goodlatt sent a letter to Attorney General Loretta Lynch, Holder's replacement, revealing the full scope of the DOJ's actions, and they were bad. In the span of just two years, the DOJ had directed nearly $1 billion to activist groups, entirely outside of Congress's spending and oversight authority. As Goodlatte detailed, the DOJ also used the $2 billion Volkswagen settlement to fund Obama's electric vehicle initiative after Congress had twice refused to pay for it. According to Goodlatte, Obama even used the judgment fund to pay the interest in Obama's settlement with Iran. We were unable to find a complete breakdown of all the activist groups that receive funding from the DOJ's slush fund, but the Wall Street Journal's Kimberly Strassel noted that they included the National Council of La Raza, the National Urban League, the National Community Reinvestment Coalition, and NeighborWorks America, which awards grants to left-leaning community organizational groups and has often been compared with scandal-plagued ACORN, 
or the Association of Community Organizers for Reform Now. NeighborWorks was singled out in the congressional report, as we noted earlier, and was also the subject of a scathing report by Bloomberg News. The hard reality is that these groups did not provide any assistance to homeowners that were actually hurt in the financial crisis, nor were they nonpartisan groups. They were, as Congressman Goodlatte rightly noted, left-wing activist groups that were the direct recipients of settlements that were intended to help taxpayers who were injured in the financial crisis. In other words, Obama's Department of Justice, first under Eric Holder, then Loretta Lynch, was using the working group to extract huge settlements, primarily from banks through civil suits. These settlements were then dispersed into very general segments of the federal government, and use of that money appeared to have little or no oversight. Where all of that money actually went is still largely unknown. What is clear is that every settlement dollar that made its way to one of these leftist special interest groups was a settlement dollar diverted away from actual victims or taxpayers. Obama's Justice Department took proceeds that were intended to benefit homeowners harmed during the 2008 financial crisis, nearly $1 billion per congressional records, and used those settlements to directly fund left-wing political organizations that they favored. In other words, their political allies, many of whom are with us to this day. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Truth Over News.